Welcome to True North. Welcome to church. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Andy. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. And uh, I've been on staff here for about a year and a half now. And actually, I've been a part of True North for a year and a half. And what an absolute blessing it is to be a part of a community who are passionately pursuing God. You know, we're so blessed to have leaders like Dean and Lisa, and, you know, the time I've spent here, you guys have been so inclusive and so friendly to both me and Monique, and it's just been absolutely awesome. You know, one of the things I've loved, when I first came on, I actually uh, worked in the cafe at 115. Who knows 115 has been there? Let's see. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. It's a good time, isn't it? Um, and I, had the, I have an absolute privilege of working with uh, Nick. So everyone knows Chef Nick. How good is Chef Nick? Yeah, that's all right. 100%. Such a good guy. And uh, one of the things that I learned is Nick's a real patient guy. Uh, and the context of that is, uh, for those who don't know, I have ADHD. And so uh, knowing that it's a distraction thing, and uh, I, got, I recently got medicated at the end of last year, but for about five years I didn't take medication. And I really learned that Nick's a patient dude because, uh, you know, one of the th- I've been in hospitality for 10 years roughly before I, I became into ministry, pastoral ministry. And one of the things that I, I found interesting is that when, I'm, when we're busy, it's go time. I'm your guy. When it's quiet, I am an absolute nuisance. And Nick found that out really quick with me. And uh, I, honestly, this dude's patience is great. But he, uh, he gave me a nickname. And it was Squirrel. Uh, and so well, basically what would happen is uh, we'd be going in a busy time and he'd be like, awesome, Andy's like, he's winning. And then it'd be quiet and everyone'd be like, all right, let's reset. And I'm over there just looking at the leaves, like for no reason whatsoever. And so, you know, he's a patient guy. But one of the other stories talking on this idea of distraction is uh, when I was 18, I had the privilege of uh, giving a speech at an 18th. And I rock up at this party uh, to, for two of my friends that are twins, Matt and Dan. And we, were, we set everything up for the day, and I had one role, and it was to give a speech. Quite simple, nothing, nothing too complex. And I just didn't really focus on it because I was having a good time. And long story short, as it came time to actually give the speech, they're like, all right, Andy, you ready to give a speech? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I haven't actually prepared anything. And so the first thing is, uh, how did I meet them? How did I meet them? Oh, that's right, I met him through my mate Jono. So I get up there and I go, you know, what an honor it is to be here, you know, for Matt and Dan. And, you know, I met, I met Matt and Dan through Jono. And Jono's such a great guy. You know, me and Jono, we boarded at, uh, at, 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 at Ag School together. And honestly, Jono is just the most loving person I have ever met. You know, we've been mates for so long and he's just caring. And long story short, for 15 minutes, I just talked about Jono. And, and I get off stage, or not stage, it was like, I think it was a spa or something. And I, I get off and I, I'm absolute confident. I'm like, I killed that, right? I thought I, was, I thought I was awesome. And so, you know, when you see sporting like athletes, they do the big run for the fans, they do this here. So I, I go over and I see all my friends and I'm like, hey, boys, let's go. Who killed it, eh? And they're like, yeah, you definitely killed it, all right? <laughs> and I said, what? Like, I thought it was a good time. And they're like, Andy, great speech. Wrong place, wrong time, wrong guy. And I was like, oh, no. What have I done? But I realized, luckily, it wasn't a huge issue because Matt and Dan were friends of mine and it wasn't a huge um, concern at the time. They were like, ah, don't worry. But I realized something very quickly that distraction comes at a cost. Sorry, I'm a bit dry this morning for, for some reason. And um, this idea of distraction coming at a cost, we see Jesus actually think this, we actually see Jesus talk about this throughout the Bible. We see this idea of distraction is actually something that we have to be really careful of. 
And when, you, when we look at, uh, specifically this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. And this is Jesus sitting with the disciples, and he's talking about uh, this idea of being in the vine and what this actually means. And so we're going to turn there right now, and we'll start off with verse 1. It says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." So there's a lot of things going on here. We see the word vine be used. We see the word branch be used, fruit. Uh, this idea of remain in me. So we see a lot of things. But the overarching theme here is that God has a plan for our life. God has a dream for our life. You see, in the midst of this, we see that we play a key role in this idea of producing fruit. But there's so many components here. And so in order to understand, we need to understand the first part of this idea of what is the source? Like, what is this vine? When Jesus is saying that I'm the true vine here, he's actually referring to, uh, making a reference to the Old Testament, where uh, when we look at, uh, through uh, Israel, uh, Israel, Isaiah, we see Israel is seen as the vineyard planted by God. But unfortunately, it didn't bear the fruit that the Father was looking for. But Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am able to produce the fruit in which the Father is pleased. So he references this idea of I am the true vine. And what we see in this is that if we look at the context, He's, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's saying, guys, remain in me. This is a key part. Be, be close to me. And we find this idea of, well, how does, how, does this, how does this all work? How does this idea of remain in me work? And like I said, we're going to look at this idea of understanding the source, which we see is Jesus. You see, our role in the whole thing is being a branch. And so often when we look at this passage, we see this context of, oh, it's about me, something about me, God's going to give me. And that's 100% true. But what we actually notice is this idea of fruit. But we play that role of the branch. Now, I got a light over here. It's not a fruit. It's not a tree, but it'll, it'll do. Um, and so let's pull this over. Oh, my goodness. Please do not break. Glass on the message. It's not a good time. All right. So, oh, my goodness. All right. So, <laughs> so here we see uh, a, a, there's an illustration of basically of what this concept looks like of source, branch, and fruit, except we're using a light and obviously a cable. But what we see is this. Is this light on its own is nothing. It doesn't really do anything, right? But when it's connected to the source and the source releases it, we get light, right? Woo. <laughs> I know, what a, what a magic trick, eh? <laughs> now, what's interesting, though, is when I unplug the source, it's got nothing. It's of no value. And what we learn very quickly is as much value as this holds, it is completely underutilized and has no value because it has no source. And so as a result, it actually gets no use, and it's like, well, if there's no source, what's the point? So then obviously this idea that the light, or we could say the fruit, is the key part here, right? Because obviously it shines out, it adds something, it's an important thing. And so this idea where Jesus is saying about the fruit, to bear fruit, obviously means that's actually something that's, that's a big part of this. 
what we actually learn very quickly is the fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's actually God's character and nature through us. When you understand very quickly in this passage and this concept of actually it's not God in my kingdom, it's my role in God's kingdom, it's the role in which I play in His kingdom, we learn that God wants to give you uh, His needs. He wants to fill us with our requirements. He wants to fill us with peace and joy and all the things because He is the source. Without Him, we will never obtain that. He says, you are nothing without me, right? But the whole reason is in order to bear fruit. So why is this fruit so special? Because that fruit brings glory to God in a way in which we forget. Oh, my goodness, dry throat. Here, sir. Here we go. All right. So this idea of the fruit being so important is because that fruit is how people actually encounter God. You see, when fruit is actually so tasteful, it's so unique, people long for it. It's so important that as we stay connected to God, we get the requirements and the necessities in order to produce fruit so that people may experience God and may encounter, encounter God. And so we learn very quickly there is a responsibility that comes with following Jesus. But it's interesting that the one thing in which we actually have to do is keep the source in. Why? Because when the source is plugged in, everything works through in order for us to produce fruit, which is pleasing to God. So my second thing is this, God wants to see us, sorry, God wants to see a dream come true by how we live our lives. If our relationship is not fun with God or exciting, then we've got to ask ourselves the question, how is it exciting with others? Like, what's, why is it that my friendships, on, that I hang out with my friends are so exciting, yet my relationship with God is almost like a burden at times? And it's understanding there's so many components. And the first one we understand is this idea of pruning. You see, pruning is essential for any form of growth. The University of Nebraska with the Institute of Agriculture says this. The purpose of pruning is to obtain maximum yield of high-quality grapes and to allow vegetative growth for the following season. And so we see that not only is pruning essential in order to create fruit that is delicious and, and uh, desired, but it actually impacts our following seasons as well. There's more than just the fruit. But that following season is not just for others, but it's for us as well. We see the fruit is a byproduct of our relationship with Christ. And so in order to be pruned, we have to be willing. It's a big part of this. We see this verse in... Sorry, in verse 2, where he says, He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Interesting, hey, it's not that he's like, it's not the consistency of your fruit in which I'll cut you off. It's whether you produce fruit at all, is, is what this idea of the branch remaining. And so this fruit is so important. And one of the things that we forget is that pruning is actually uh, not a fun experience. We, we know that, and so often we lean away. But what's interesting is that any time you prune a branch or a tree, when the source is strong, that branch actually repairs quickly. It takes it well because the nutrients are there and everything that's needed to maintain to make sure that infections don't come or whatever's ne whatever comes when you prune a plant or anything doesn't actually consume the plant. Instead, when the source is strong, it gets everything it needs in order to obtain and to repair in order to bear more fruit, more leaves, whatever it's needed. And so this, what, the, the thing we need to understand is, what is this pruning? What are we getting pruned? Well, we're actually getting our behavior pruned, and we're getting every part of our nature pruned. You see, when this idea of the father being the gardener, 
He knows how it should look. He knows how it needs to present. He knows the characteristics in which it will actually help it produce the right things. He knows the right time to prune. He knows which angles to prune. He knows everything about this idea of pruning. And so when Jesus is talking about this idea of pruning is essential, is, is that it's not only just our behaviors, but it's our sin in our life. And it's important to understand that if we're not willing and we're not humble, we can't be pruned. And if we can't be pruned, then we're, it's, it's, it's actually really hard to produce any fruit at all. Therefore, God's like, it's, you know, like these, these things have no weight. It's, it's such a key thing, and I want it to, but if there's no humility, it's hard for you to understand the willingness and actually be willing to actually bear the weight of the pruning that takes place, that helps you produce the fruit that I need you to produce, because the role you play in my kingdom is to show fruit so people can experience me. God has a plan and a dream for our lives, and it's such a blessing to actually uphold that responsibility. So, the next thing is this, this idea of remain in me as I also remain in you. So, the word remain, other translations use the word abide, which means to act in accordance with, which simply means to do so or to simplify its fellowship, which is relationship. And so, we first have to understand, okay, if the source is important, why, how, do I cre- how do I create that connection? Well, it's relationship. So often we confuse that this relationship with God versus relationship with man is somewhat different and unique. And there is a, from an element of, uh, you know, the f- like fear of God and these things, but it, the simple formula is actually identical. The way in which we have a relationship with one another is actually the way that God wants to have a relationship with us. And it's simple. It's built on one thing, connection. How do we have connection? Through time, through conversation, and understanding. You see, if we don't give God time and we don't have conversation, and there's no understanding, there's no connection, which means there's no relationship. It's real simple. So this time is not just what I, well, I'll give God a bit of time, there you go, you know? No, no, no. This idea of time is quality time. You see, any time, like, we have time with our friends, we know that when we go, say we're going to go to, I don't know, Phil and I go to KFC. I don't really go much, but Phil loves KFC, so I tag along. And so when I go to KFC with him, if I'm just there on my phone, and I'm actually not having a conversation with him. Yes, I spent time with Phil, but I didn't actually grow my connection with Phil. I didn't actually have anything that I've, I've, I've actually added to our friendship or our relationship. And so it's important to understand this idea of quality time. And quality time, in order to actually make it doable, means that we actually have to understand our own time and where our time goes. And the real simple thing is understanding that God cares about our firsts. We know that God values the first. We see this through, through the Old Testament, especially that God honors our first, our best. Why? Because if God is first in our life, he gets the first in our life. And so one of the things that we can do is actually understand, well, I can get up a little bit earlier. But Andy, you don't understand, like, my life is hectic, man. Like, I, I get like four hours sleep. I, get, I can't do anything. Cool, go to bed 15 minutes earlier. Get up 15 minutes earlier. And you're like, yeah, but why, you know, in order, if we're justifying... Yet we'll say on the other hand that my life actually, God is the center of my life and my my life revolves around it. So shouldn't our time as well? Do you know what I mean? Like honestly, like it's a really key thing. Don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm an absolute, I am an absolute, I just can't even do this at the time as well. But it's until I really understood that when I read this passage more and more, I realized actually this isn't about me. 
this is actually my role in God's kingdom. And very quickly I realized, actually, hold on, my time with God to build connection actually impacts the fruit I bear, which impacts the people who get to experience God through me. And if I can't value that or understand that, I go, well, what am I doing then? If, I, if, I'm, not see, if, I, if I'm not seeing God active in my life, I'm like, well, obviously somewhere the source isn't strong. And then I look, okay, time is a key part. The next thing is this idea of conversation. And so conversation is same as any relationship. I speak, you listen. You speak, I listen. So often we, we see our relationship with God look like, well, I speak, God listen, God goes to speak, and I'm over here doing something else, and I don't listen. And people say, well, Andrew, I've sat there, I've tried, I've prayed, and I've never heard God, nothing happened. And you know what the reality is? That just happens at times. That does happen. But God speaks so many different ways. Through Scripture, through prophecy, through tongues, through, word of, through words of knowledge, through people, through, through Scripture. And like, there's so many, actually, sorry, also intuitively and audibly, there's so many different ways that He speaks. You see, you've got to understand the real simple thing is the person that made you, the person that knows you better than anyone, wants to connect with us. And He's given us so many avenues. The reality is if He wants to know us, He is trying hard to reach us. The question is, are we making time and in our conversation, are we actually listening to hear God? And one of the things that I find interesting about this is that when we actually understand quality time and we understand conversation, we actually get to know God. When we understand God, that's connection. And then when we have connection, we create intimacy. And with any intimate relationship, trust, faith, hope, joy, all these things become foundationally strong and become the pillars of that because you know how foundationally important they are. So what if I don't? Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches picked up and thrown, are thrown into the fire. You see, this isn't like a, this is like quite rough when we read it, but simply he's just saying, like, if you're not going to remain in me, how can you do your part in order so that people may experience my goodness? It's honestly like I've given you one role, and that's have a relationship with me. I'm not asking you to do 10,000 things. He goes, no, no, because when I'm, you're in the relationship with me, I'm everything you need. I'll give you the sustenance. I'll give you the nutrition. I'll give you the finances you need. Whatever you need in order to bear the fruit so that people may come to experience me and encounter my presence and know me, I'll do because I am your source. Rely on me as your source. See, there is that consequence that we see that if there's no source... The reality is seasons come, hardships come, pruning is not going to stop going away because he wants the importance of it. But the reality is if there's nowhere, like for example, if this light has no power and there's no gardener because I'm not willing and I'm not humble and all these components, hail, weather, everything comes, it gets damaged. And then as a result, it derails, it defrails, it has, it then becomes this point of like, what do I do with it? It actually was such potential and it got lost. And God so doesn't want that for life because He loves us so much. He wants to use us and encourage us and grow with us because God cares. He wants relationship with us. Isn't it unique? He only wants one thing, and it's relationship in this. But why? Because when we have relationship with God, we produce fruit that blesses others. But in the process, we get to actually experience Him and, 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 and actually uh, understand Him and grow with Him. So we find our source in Jesus. We find our source in God. 
not other things. So often we come home or we're feeling a certain way and it's very quick to go to these false pathways of comfort. But God's like, no, 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 that's not a source. That, that actually has a time frame. That's not going to hold you over. I'm the true source. I'm the true vine. I'll give you everything you need to produce the fruit that you need to. So we understand that God wants to provide for us in this whole process. We see the nutrition we need. We see the, the things we need in order to produce the fruit. And so we find this in verse 7 and 8. He says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be disciples. How awesome is this? God says, Whatever you need in order to produce the fruit in accordance to my will, I'll help you do. This is not a Lamborghini or that big boat we want. This reality. So often we're like, yep, cool, whatever I need. Lord, I need this, I need that, I need this. But God's actually saying, no, no, no. And we found this actually in the, in the previous chapter, John 14, 13, 14. Well, that's, a, that's a real tongue twister, isn't it? And he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This whole thing of, again, whatever you need. If you're going through something and you say, hey, God, I actually need a, I need a bit of help here. I'm really struggling. He goes, hey, because you're, we're plugged in, we've got that source, we've got that relationship, too easy. I'm bringing it your way. Why? Because when the source is strong, the flow becomes easier. Right? So the simple thing is this. When we have relationship with God and we understand that our part is in His kingdom, not ours, we recognize there's responsibility on that. But there's a freedom because if we do one thing, have a relationship with God, prioritize it in our day-to-day lives, we will receive the things that we need, not only to bless us and what we're doing, but so as a result, we produce fruit so we can bless others around so they can experience God and experience his goodness and his love. One of the things I'd love to share is um, what this looks like firsthand. You know, my mum and dad are amazing parents, and I was very privileged to have parents like them. And when we talk on this idea of bearing fruit and how it impacts people, I remember uh, looking back at my teen, teen years, and my mum and dad went through a bit of a rough patch. There was some financial issues at the time, and and I watched uh, my dad get tremendously stressed and, and take a toll at the time. But I didn't actually see a man pull away from God. I saw a man actually press into God. And as I watched this, it shaped my faith very quickly. See, I didn't come to the Lord until I was 19. But because I had watched him that whole time go, I don't care about this situation. I will press into God. And as the situation gets harder, he's pressing in deeper. He's going, no, 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 God's my source. I am, gonna, I am not letting go of this source. This is going to flow because I'm going to produce the fruit. That fruit is what I, I experienced that fruit. I encountered God because of his ability to steward his relationship with God allowed me, and he's allowed me to experience God's goodness and God's love and God's peace and joy through the way he responded. His fruit bears good fruit. And as a result, I got to experience that. When we look at our lives and we go, well, am I bearing fruit that's able to do that? The answer is yes. But are we actually able to obtain it to the fullness that God has for us? Because again, God has a plan and a dream for our life. So I'm going to invite the band back up and, 
And as we do, I'd just love to take a moment just to pray and for us to reflect on this and the importance this actually has in our lives. And this morning, if you're niggling at this, you're like, ah, oh, this is really stirring me, but I don't know why. I'd love to, as the band plays, just to take a moment and actually pause and actually reflect and go, where is my relationship with God? What is actually happening in my life? Where am I being distracted where my life is not centered around Christ on this? If I say Jesus is the center and I tell people, like, yeah, no, God's, God's first in my life, but he's actually last in my time, then maybe I need to reassess and realign and say, well, actually, maybe I've got it wrong. And the reality is it's not a discouragement, but in, in fact, it's actually the ability to realign and reflect and go, you know, no, no. I want God to be first in my life. I want to have a relationship with God like I have with my friends. Because the reality is when you have a strong relationship, you can go anywhere with anyone that's close to you and time just slips by. You know, when you're a kid and you go to your friend's house, you, you know, your mum would drop you off at like nine o'clock and at lit time like that would go and then all of a sudden you hear this, you're like, what is that? You open the door and like, didn't you just drop me off? And she's like, it's been seven hours. And you're like, oh, Okay. And you realize that when you have relationship, you have fun. You have a good time. Things like prayer and worship and reading the Word don't become a chore. Instead, we become delighted in it. And so that this idea of, oh, man, I can't barely read the Word for five minutes. Honestly, this hit me hard because I, I, I had this same thing. I was like, why is it that I struggle to press into the Word at times and I just can't get past it? It's because I didn't understand that the source of my relationship actually doesn't depend on my uh, ability to read or my ability to do certain things, but simply just be still give God time, and actually go, no, no, I want to be in relationship. Have a conversation with God. Spend time with Him. As a result, things like worship and prayer don't become a hassle. It becomes a delight. We look forward to it like we look forward to catching up with friends. You know, when that friend rings you during the week and you're like, oh, man, it's Monday, but I'm seeing him Friday, and the whole week you're counting down. The reality is that's because that relationship is strong. We need to have the same thing in our relationship with God, is that when we wake up, you're like, man, I'm so excited to be with the Lord, so that when I sit with you, I'm just like, oh, God, I just love being with you. I don't really have anything to say, but just being in your presence is so awesome. That's the foundation of, that is the source of our life. That is where it all flows from that foundational of relationship with God. So I'm going to pray. And this morning, if that's something that you're wrestling with and you're going, you know what, I actually really recognize that I've got distracted and I actually want to realign. God so cares. He's like, man, that's cool. Let's come back in a relationship. God, this morning, I just pray that, God, we may know you in our minds, but, Lord, I pray that we would receive revelation to know you in our hearts. God, I pray for people this morning who are wrestling with this, who are needing to know what a fresh breath of you is like, to understand the true fullness of relationship with you. I pray this morning that, God, you would minister to them. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray, God, that you would show where the distractions may be taking that time from that relationship in which you want to grow. God, we thank you that you are such a loving God. We thank you that you are the source of all things. God, we absolutely adore that we get the privilege of being a part of your kingdom and playing a role in what you're wanting to do. Lord, I ask that you would reshape our minds and our hearts to fix ourselves on you. And that, God, our time and all of our resources, everything we have, would be focused on a relationship with you. That, God, as we say you are the center, 
that not only we know in our heads, but we know in our heart that you are the center of all things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.